Hey there, welcome to season two of Talented, the Get Your Guy Talent podcast. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we had to push back the launch of the season from spring 2020. Though the recording is from a pre-COVID world, we still hope that you can take some nuggets with you from the conversation. For more information about our culture and adapting to safety regulations, please visit our blog, inside.getyourguide.com. Santé, and on to the episode. Welcome to Talented, Get Your Guide's monthly podcast where we discuss the latest trends and strategies in the talent acquisition industry. Today, we're joined by Steve and Tristan. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm uh, Steve. I'm a senior tech recruiter. Um, I've been at Get Your Guide for um, nearly four and a half years, and I look after um, recruiting for analytics at the moment. And I'm Tristan, Director of Analytics at Get Your Guide. I've been with the company uh, for about one year, and I've been working in analytics for the last 13. Great. And uh, what kind of roles do you guys hire for? Um, Well, for the past eight months, um, I've been purely looking at analytics, so um, helping Tristan. Um, So specifically, um, senior data analysts, data analysts, and um, analytics managers. Yeah, so we're looking at... um, Really, people can answer business questions with data. So usually we call those data analysts, senior data analysts. Uh, but also there are other roles we're not actively recruiting for, like data engineers, which really help the you know, data flow through the rest of the business so that people can make decisions based on uh, evidence. Mm-hmm. And so, so let us um, just set the scene kind of. So what is going on in the data analyst team right now? Like, why is, would it be a good time for, for people to get into you? Yeah, great question. Uh, and there's a lot of other departments which are growing and they have a lot of questions that they need answers and they need a lot of data and thought behind what strategies we can uh, employ. How can we make our decisions better and how can we help the business grow? And a lot of that uh, decision making and data analysis really is the responsibility of my team. So as the business grows, there's a lot of opportunity for us to get our hands dirty and answering really complicated questions. And that's how overall Get Your Guide uh, will be expanding. Um, and so with that in mind, um, what do you screen for when you do interviews? I assume you're the first one to talk uh, to Canada, Steve. Uh, what is something that you're looking for? Yeah, sure. Um, so I look for three three key things, really. So essentially, um, it's very important for analysts to have you know very good communication skills. So, you know, succinctness in communication, um, good vocabulary, they can fully express themselves. Um, I don't have to continually, you know, repeat myself and they, you know, can, they clearly answer the question asked of them. Um, secondly, it's very important um, for the company as a whole to hire people, or well, especially within the, within the tech organization, people who can demonstrate they've worked on projects delivering very measurable business impact. Um, that's that's number two. And and thirdly, um, you know, for want of a better phrase, really kind of an entrepreneurial type type mindset. So that's someone who's high ownership, wants to work with autonomy, um, and you know, latterly really gets um, well, I can sense it, you know, really getting excited about um, thinking about the impact they can make uh, and get excited about, you know, talking about the impact they've um, you know, delivered to, to to the customers or companies in the past. Yeah, I think um, you know it's really important for me, uh, especially as me and uh, 
other analysts on the team do interviews is to assess a candidate's technical skills. Mm. So that's something that really has to be done by us. And we have various uh, assessments to try to get at how well somebody uh, will perform when they're on the job. Uh, but yeah, I really love candidates who are like swimming in the numbers, who like want to be talking about data and who have a real passion for it. Mm. Uh, but I think as Steve pointed out, what's really critical is uh, for candidates to be able to express themselves that really when you're an analyst and you like to swim in the data, sometimes it's hard to have a conversation with people who don't have that kind of analytical or technical background. Uh, That's why I really value uh, Steve's input on the communication uh, because he can do a really good job assessing uh, a candidate's ability to have a good conversation around numbers with somebody who is not an analyst themselves. Yeah, I was actually going to ask to follow up to Steve's um, comment about good vocabulary. Mm -hmm. What does good vocabulary mean? Like simplifying Um, things? Like Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's um, being able to, let's say, for example, I asked them about a project they've worked on that's, you know, delivered clear business impact. So they can explain to me the project they've worked on and I just get it straight away. So I don't have to ask follow up questions about what the project was what they did on the project, what the impact was, you know, what the reason behind their project was. They they just deliver it in 30 seconds and it's boom, it's done and the impact's there. Um, and they can give me some, you know, they can speak in technical jargon as well. So there are some of the terms that Tristan and his team would use that they also use as well. Um, and they can just clearly articulate um, and answer every question really crisply, I think. Okay, so being concise and clear. Yes, very much so. Do you find that there are some common misconceptions or misunderstandings of what um, this role is or what it entails or what uh, is required to be successful at Get Your Guide when you're talking with candidates? Yeah, man, I could take that one. Uh, I think so. I think when people think about uh, data analytics, they really think about the technical component. It's like sitting down, working with Python, R, SQL, and technically executing on a project and delivering insights to the business. The truth is, uh, especially the startup like Get Your Guide, you have to be good at problem solving with the business. So kind of working with business people to understand exactly what they're trying to solve and then doing analysis based on the outcome of those types of conversations. So it requires that business acumen. Uh, it's really important here at Get Your Guide. Uh, it's not just executing some of the technical work that most people think of or that you might you know, uh, get experience in for like a master's program or uh, formal training, which is really focused on that coding part. So you managed to close um, some important hires for analytics in your time working together. Um, how do you, how do you align? How do you make sure to be on the same page? I think, I think firstly, you know, it's, it's not rocket science in the sense that you know, Tristan understands that, um, the more he puts into recruitment, uh, the more he gets out and the faster his roles are, are filled. And I think every, every hiring manager understands that, but Tristan does, uh, you know, to a T. Um, therefore he, you know, he gives me a lot of his time, uh, and is also, a, you know, very open to, to, to new ideas. I mean, in, in half to 2019, we, we made a lot of hires into this, um, you know, quarter one in, in 2020. You know, we have very standard practices. I mean, we, we both commit to weekly syncs. We, there's a doc that I set up for the syncs. We have agenda items. We, we take actions as we go. We make sure on the next, um, the next, you know, catch up that the actions have been followed up on. So we hold each other to account. Um, we also leverage data. Um, so I, I did regular funnel analysis, you know, looking at where 
the bottlenecks were from the senior data analyst position that we were hiring for earlier in 2019. Uh, for example, I think we had a, a quite a low on-site conversion rate of, I think, circa 40%. Um, so for the data analyst position, so the mid-level role, um, Tristan and his team designed a take-home test that would better predict on-site success. So the conversion rate is now up at sort of circa 75%. But I think to kind of wrap up the answer, I think very close communication between Tristan and, and myself. Uh, you know, we bounce ideas off each other. He's very open. And, you know, especially when it comes to closing candidates and closing strategies, we're, I think we're, you know, very aligned um, so yeah, it, it definitely helps me as a recruiter. Yeah, I think to add to that, you know, I think Steve has uh, like always laid out a really good agenda when we have our, our weekly syncs. I think though it's a little bit beyond just kind of the nuts and bolts of meeting and talking through an agenda piece. I really feel like Steve has a great understanding of what we're looking for in candidates and what the position is uh, and also the type of work that my team does. And that really helps me be comfortable with his judgment. So when he we have conversations about candidates or about tweaks we need to make to the recruiting process, I really can see him as a partner. And I think that kind of sparring back and forth relationship uh, really gets us to uh, better quality decisions and tweaks in our recruiting pipeline. And I think mm -hmm. that's been really key to our success. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think uh, just to add on to that, um, obviously, you work very well together. Um, but you also started working together at some point. Like, what are some advice that you could give to other recruiters and hiring managers of how do you get on the same page very fast when you just get introduced to each other? Or, you, or you just, yeah, because because seeing you now, like you have a good chemistry, but if, when you just meet each other or you just get introduced to a new role, like how do you get over those first hurdles fast? Because you, you also need to hire for the business. Give us some relationship advice. Yeah, I think, I think um, for the very fact that I was in the business far longer than Tristan, so I've been here, what, nearly five or five years in August, um, I think it was a, a case to kind of educate Tristan on the fact that um, sometimes it may take quite a while to hire people for, for Get Your Guide. Um, so, you know, for not wanting to sound arrogant, when we have quite a high bar to entry for, for a company, um, Get Your Guide. So I think it was outlining to Tristan that, you know, I really need your help. Uh, in mm -hmm. the first instance, that it could take you know, three months to hire some of these roles, maybe more. Um, so the more you, you give me, um, mm -hmm. the, the more we get out of it together. Um, and I think I kind of laid that out to Tristan, you know, fairly early in the in the re relationship. And, you know, he more than... Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean like that. Uh, he more than, yeah, more than, more than reciprocated. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, taking this, that time at the beginning to really explain and work through the recruiter, the details of the role, uh, and also the vision of the department uh, is really critical. So when I came on board, I had a lot of things that I had to do, a lot of like things on my to-do list, but, you know, spending that extra 30 minutes, an hour to go through like LinkedIn profiles and saying, this is what I like about this candidate. This is what I don't like about this candidate. Here's what makes somebody a good fit. Like taking that extra time is sometimes really hard for hiring managers because it doesn't feel like it's you know, real work, it doesn't feel mm. like you're executing things. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think spending that time with the recruiter has been really helpful. And then it also sets a tone for a collaborative relationship going forward. Yeah, so yeah, putting the time in up front pays dividends tenfold, right. like six months down the line. Right. That's the main advice. I think Invest so. the time yes. from the beginning. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Um, and it sounds like, um, so you guys 
you guys both like know what you want when you do an interview. So how can like an interviewer prepare to talk to you, Tristan, and and prepare to talk to you, Steve? Um, I think I I kind of value. It's quite simple, really. I value two things um, for the first conversation. Um, so let's assume they've they've applied, or even after a, a pitch call that I, I I pitch a candidate. You know, I'd, 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 in both cases, I'd want to to know uh, from the candidate why they are they're interested in Get Your Guide um, first and foremost. Um, and then secondly, um, I want to know the candidates got their uh, stuff together um, by having a clear idea of, of of what's important to them at this stage of their career. Uh, so we can really see if we can actually cater to, to what they're looking for. Yeah, I think, you know, with conversations with me, it's really important that you uh, think back and write down some of the examples of your prior projects and your prior analysis. And sometimes there's really good nuggets that you've had in your past that don't really immediately pop to mind in your conversation. So taking the time in advance to write the, those uh, those things down really help when you're having a, a conversation with me and then you know being concise when you're describing a project you know everybody knows the star stories uh, hopefully like you know your situation task action uh, and response right uh, that format for answering questions about your experience and about your analytics experience uh, really helps also move the conversation along and helps me understand you better so uh, I'd say like writing down and thinking in advance uh, about some of your projects is uh, could be really key to having a good conversation with me so can they bring notes to the interview or they should memorize them? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Bring notes. <laughs> okay. You know, I think, uh, I, I, I would find it impressive, you know, people that have, uh, notebooks and like, you know, can kind of like look through and, and think thoughtfully. And that kind of preparation actually means a lot. It means you're taking the interview seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not winging it. You've actually like had that time and research. And that really matters because that's a demonstration of passion. Uh, and that's something we really look for. Get your guide. It's one of our core values. It's oh, good to know. So we um, have a company blog called Inside Get Your Guide. You can find us at inside.getyourguide.com. Um, and very recently, um, depending on when when you hear this, but um, Steve, you participated on the blog talking about candid experience um, and about being available for for calls, for feedback, um, for talking with candidates after interviews, etc. Um, so, I mean, we'll get back to that in a moment, but, but Tristan, uh, it would be interesting to hear what are your thoughts in terms of candid experience? Like, how do you keep that in mind and how do you to try to, 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 um, to perform good candid experience? <laughs> um, that's what, you know, Steve does a really great job about, uh, guiding me and setting up the overall, uh, structure. Uh, I think the most important thing, uh, from my perspective is making sure that somebody, you know, has all of their questions answered and feels comfortable at the end of the interview. Um, And that's, you know, the bulk of our experience is in those interview moments. And so if somebody walks away from an interview saying like, you know, I don't feel really great about that, or I felt like the interviewer was, you know, uh, cut me off or wasn't polite, like those types of things can really matter. Mm-hmm. So especially leaving time at the end for questions, that's pretty standard practice. Um, but really, you know, being polite, upbeat and positive can go a long way uh, in those moments to help have a good candidate experience. But I think to Steve's credit, most of that really uh, candidate experience, I think really is a responsibility of the recruiter. And I think mm-hmm. Steve does particularly uh, a great job and we get that feedback uh, a lot mm-hmm. from the candidates that interview 
uh, for analytics that get your guide. Yeah, I mean, I would really recommend people to go to the blog, um, check out the piece, also check out our other pieces. Um, but for the ones that haven't read it yet, um, see if you could just uh, sum up, like, what is your approach to candidate experience? Cool. Um, yeah, so I think I like to spend a lot of time with candidates throughout the interview process. Um, you know, from the first call where I said, you know, a few couple of minutes ago, you know, really un uncovering what's what's important to them at the moment and discovering if if that's actually something we can we can cater to and then, you know, hand holding them through the process. Um, you know, I'll give them very clear um interview preparation. Um there are a lot of calls, you know, different points throughout the process, um, to speak to the candidate about the things that are important to them and if they're liking what they're hearing and, and, and seeing from, from us. Um, you know, what doubts are creeping up at every stage, um, you know, unanswered questions they have. Um, so I really kind of go into into detail and that kind of all um, comes to a head uh, at the on-site where myself and Tristan have a kind of a, a post-on-site wrap-up with a candidate where we discuss a lot of this in, in, in kind of granular detail. Um, but it's just really being there, you know, a lot for the candidates throughout the process. <clears throat> So you're giving the full candidate concierge. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So speaking of how you walk them through the process, could you actually tell us a little bit about the recruiting process yep. and um, tell us what a post-on-site wrap-up is? Yes, of course. Um, so as I, as I mentioned previously, um, when we were recruiting for the senior data analysts kind of early in 2019, um, the, the on-site conversion rate was, you know, not super good. Um, so for the data analyst role, we tweaked it slightly. Um, so we decided to really front load the interview process to assess candidates more heavily um, before reaching the on-site. So we did this because obviously we wanted to increase the on-site conversion rate. It's been successful. Um, you know, I've given you the, the figures, it's gone from kind of 40 to circa 75%. Um, so the, the one change we made was to add a far more involved um, take-home test, um, which the candidates, you know, do first. Um, we have a high participation rate. So, you know, even though they do do it first, uh, we send them a very nice email to request their availability, um, giving them lots of information about the position and explaining exactly why they're doing the test first. Um, so the test is designed to better predict um, success throughout the rest of the process. I think the pass rate of the test is around about 25%, which is where we kind of want it to be because only the best and the brightest um, are, are making it through. Um, very briefly, so the test is then followed by a 30-minute phone screen with myself, then a 60-minute remote tech tech interview, uh, and then a 45-minute remote culture interview with the hiring manager. But Tristan's been doing quite a few of these. Then they reach the on-site. So the on-site consists of two 30-minute interviews, so one with a business stakeholder, and the second with Udi, our, our CTO. But I think where we where we add a lot of benefit to the candidate, um, it's it's a two-way thing, right? So it's not just them assessing, sorry, us assessing them, it's also them assessing Get Your Guide because the candidate market, especially within data, is very candidate-driven. So um, for all my data positions, um, I offer the candidate what I call a shadowing session. So that's not an assessment. Um, it's purely for the candidate's benefit, whereby they would sit with one of our senior analysts, for example, um, in front of their laptop, and, and our analysts would literally show them what they're working on. So they get a really good um, eye into exactly what they'll be doing on you know, in the first weeks and months of being in Get Your Guide. So there's no nasty surprises um, <laughs> because some candidates have had those, you know, pretty bad experiences in the past. 
um, where the role's been kind of missold. So that won't happen here. Um, and then the wrap-up. So the wrap-up is at the, the end of the on-site day. So as I said, before the before the on-site, um, I have a, a very in-depth call with a candidate discussing you know, doubts, unanswered questions, what they want to take away from the on-site. With those notes, I before on the on-site day, I brief the on-site team. So I, I clean up the notes and send it to all the interviewers. Um, so the, the post uh, on-site wrap-up is me and Tristan in the room with a candidate for 30 minutes, and we will go through that pre-on-site call list, right? All the unanswered questions the candidate had, all the things that were important to them, any doubts they had, you know, where we go into a lot of depth around things like their team, projects, org structure, problems they will uh, they will be solving, roadmaps, etc. And ultimately, it's to make sure that all their, their doubts and unanswered questions are covered off. Um, so the aim is for the candidate to leave the on-site with all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. Um, and then I have a post-on-site call with them, uh, maybe a couple of days after the on-site or one day, just once the dust has settled to really get their you know, proper you know, objective kind of um, or thoughts on things. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think the uh, the wrap up is one of the most critical moments uh, for me as I'm trying to sell candidates into coming to work for Get Your Guide. So we really have great energy in the room. Steve yep. oftentimes will uh, pitch me some questions like, Tristan, would you like to share your department vision? <laughs> yeah, uh, I sort of lead it like a host, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a great energy and uh, it offers me that, that opportunity really to uh, sell the candidate on the things that are most important for them. Mm. You know, and uh, that's really critical and it's a a part that sometimes we miss in the entire interview process that mm. there's sometimes really big questions yep. uh, that candidates have that don't get answered, right? Mm. So, like an example. Uh, a lot of it has to do with learning and growth. So we get this mm. one a lot, mm. right? Like what opportunities specifically, um, you know, just get your guide offer uh, for my career advancement, how it grows an analyst, right? Um, so we have those examples. We have, for example, like biweekly learning sessions, uh, and other very specific learning activities on our team. Mm. But that might not come up in just your standard interview, right? So that's a specific example. And then I can, you know, talk through those things and get somebody comfortable. And then they can get a good vision of uh, what it's like to work here and make sure all their doubts are answered. Um, mm. And, you know, it differs candidate by candidate. People have different questions and, uh, you know, different doubts, what I might be working with, what... Uh, you know, different business units I might be working with, those types of things. So I can really uh, have the chance to answer those head on. Uh, mm. So that's really important, I think, uh, to get somebody over the finish line mm -hmm. and uh, sign an offer once we give it to them. And and you'd be surprised, actually, with the, the volume of questions that actually do come your way. And by leaving it out, you know, often candidates will have a whole list of questions that go unanswered, right. I think. It's, you know, we're, we're always in there for the full half an hour mm. and often we could use more right. time. I'm often scrambling around to try and book the room for a little bit extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it really does help. So, I mean, with that being said, um, right here and now, <clears throat> what is what is one common question that you could offer to answer right here? Go on, Tristan. 
I have to. Uh, no so many, yeah, we, can well, get, we can get back to it. No yeah. pressure. Well, so, many, so, well, so many of these questions, right, are really candidate specific. Um, ah, okay, yeah. And, so there's not there's not there's not one common thing where you say like, oh, we could we could address. This. You know, I, no, I don't think so. I think no. there there are a few questions around. You know, uh, especially at lower levels, like what does career advancement look like? How mm. do I like get to a next level? How can I envision my career? Uh, and I think the answers to those are really, uh, you know, get your guide analytics specific where career advancement in analytics is not just doing a better job technically, but also really making a bigger impact on the business and being able to collaborate. And so when you start to see examples of really sophisticated projects and making really big impacts across the organization, that's how you can achieve career advancement. Uh, and also, you know, the department is set up to help give you opportunities to really make that impact. Um, so we're always on the lookout for what is the next big thing that can help move the business mm -hmm. so that somebody can get access to those types of projects. And yeah. those are the things that can really move your, your career forward. Yeah. So I think that's probably the, the number, number one question. If I had to choose one, uh, that I got from candidates. Yeah. Yep. That's also a good answer. Um, speaking of, um, you know, collaboration, you talked about how important, um, communication is and, and bringing your, your point across. Um, what are some of the, of the people in the team that data analysts, uh, work with? Like, who is it that they need to be good communicators to? Yeah, great question. The first one, uh, obviously is product managers. So many of our analysts work on some of the core parts of the get your guide experience, making decisions about how we make improvements to our uh, website and our app. And product managers really are kind of the center of the strategy and the execution of how we make improvements, right? So it's really important to have a great synergy with your product manager. And I think this will probably resonate for any analysts that are, that are listening, uh, because having that great relationship, that great collaboration, uh, really can help your, you know, the business and also your individual careers. Um, but the more you can sort of be purely in sync and have a good uh, relationship and also like, yeah, collaboration, understanding of problems, understanding of data with your product manager, uh, that will really take you a long way in analytics. Um, but that's not the only, uh, the only um, collaborator and business partner on the marketing side will have channel managers. So people that manage uh, paid search campaigns, for example, might mm -hmm. be a good business partner. And then also uh, on the operations and uh people that work in the center of excellence teams. Um, so like uh, supply operations is what we call it here, or sales operations. Uh, those are also clients and people that you'll have to work really collaboratively uh, if you're an analyst. Mm -hmm. Well, my next question was going to be about culture because, you know, you briefly talked about how in the recruiting process, there's a bit of a culture screening. Um, why do you think uh, the ability to adapt to the company culture is so important in this role? Um, so, I mean, from more holistic level, I think, I've, I mean, I've been at Gateway Guide, as I said, for, for quite some time. And I think, um, from my opinion is, you know, the ambition of the company has always been, been a global one. And we've, you know, really strived to build a world-class company with a special culture. Um, and having world-class teams filled with motivated, you know, kind of growth-minded, like-minded individuals should mean that ultimately we pass on that excellence to our customers. Um, you know, our, our bar is very high. <clears throat> um, and what I, I think 
what I mean by culture is, or what we mean by culture is, it's as high on the cultural side as it is on the technical side to, to get into Gateway Guide. Um, you know, across the company, um, and especially within the, the tech org, and then maybe even doubly so within, within Tristan's org, um, we want to hire people with four kind of very distinct qualities. You know, it's people who are product driven. Um, secondly, have a strong customer drive. Um, thirdly, as I said, high ownership um, and people who want to make an impact. Um, so these are all assessed very, you know, very heavily throughout the interview process. And I think you know these characteristics are important because at the end of the day, we're a scaling, high growth product company with with a real obsession about giving our customers great experiences. Um, we're also trying to win a very competitive market in the next two or three years for the business are, are absolutely crucial. So personally, I think it makes it doubly important that we um, we hire people who share the same mindsets and, and pull in the same direction. And then, you know, I guess, you know, overarching all of that, we have our core values, you know, not to be forgotten, you know, passion, positivity, learning, commitment and, and clarity. Um, you know, these are also very present in day-to-day -day life and they're not just there for, for, for vanity purposes. I think a reflection of this, like a bit of data I can give you is that, you know, the fact that since I've been here, our, our attrition rates within the engineering org, for example, have historically been very good, very healthy. And this is, I think, naturally a, an indicator of, you know, cultural health within, within the company. Yeah, I think, you know, from a, from a manager's perspective, one of the most important parts about culture is that it's really how you can effectively scale your organization to make sure that people on the ground are making really good decisions. As Steve mentioned, being customer uh, focused, customer obsessed is really important. Uh, as a hiring manager, I care because I don't want to have to micromanage people on my team to think about the customer. I want to be able to trust them to say, with every piece of data we're looking at, with every decision and recommendation and analysis that we're doing, we have the customer in mind. So when you hire for people that are good cultural fits, you're certain that they bring the kind of perspective that will bring systematically really good decision making. Uh, another good example is uh, we look for people who are reflective and can take feedback well, because over periods of time, as you you know receive feedback and you grow from it, you'll continuously get better as an associate. So this is really great for how you can scale an organization and how you can be an effective leader and manager without having to be so hands-on dealing with things like behavioral issues, et cetera. So, you know, that's from my perspective, the best way you can scale is to hire uh, great people. Mm. Amazing. Is there one advice that you would uh, give someone who is interested in, in your department um, at the moment? Yeah, I mean, the number one piece of advice, especially for analytics is like, be passionate about data and be curious. Right. Uh, I think no matter what you do, if you love what you do, like you'll bring that to work and it is evident. Um, there's a few candidates, really superstars that stood out during the interview process and, and everybody's, you know, scorecard and assessment. They're like, it's really clear this person is super passionate about data. And, you know, that not only just builds a great culture uh, within the department, but in the company as people, uh, you know, see that enthusiasm. Um, so if you're passionate about data, like that will read through everything. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, great. Any more questions, Mark? No, I think. No last words from anyone? Um, I think, I don't know, from, from my perspective, you know, um, 
the reason I'm still here after all this time, I think, is um, really knowing the, going back to that word again, um, not wanting to sound cheesy, but going back to the word impact is, you know, the impact that, I've, that I can indirectly have on the company. You know, um, I've been a recruiter for every analyst hire we've, we've, we've made. Um, so that's about 15 people, and I think, you know, over, I think, 80 plus hires. So knowing what they've done to the business, because I was part of the process to bring them in the company, it's pretty cool as well um and yeah and, and speaking to them and um hearing that they've made the right decision to join us is also it's quite nice yeah i think for me uh i think the message for hiring managers especially is to really trust uh trust your recruiter and really let them in on you know your thought process uh you know there's somebody who has a lot of experience, especially outside of your roles in recruiting. And so they have a different perspective and they can challenge you and help lead to really great outcomes. I think too many times hiring managers just think of recruitment as a service, as, you know, somebody who's like scheduling the meetings and talking to the candidates so you don't have to. That's not really the case. Recruiters really can be strategic thought partners. And when you have a really good relationship, that leads to a really great uh, system of hiring and those people are your department so investing in that relationship thinking of them as a partner is really really crucial and i think that's uh, kind of been the key to my success here at get your guide because the people that i've brought on with steve are the foundations of the department and like get your guide analytics over the next few years um so i think that's uh, that's critical mm-hmm. i mean thank you tristan for saying that because uh I can definitely see that the future of, of talent acquisition is to move more into the, the partnership space, being more of a strategic partner, sparring with the, the hiring manager and the hiring teams in terms of figuring out how we, how we do this together. Yeah, I like that term, thought partner. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, great. Well, I think that's all for today. Uh, thank you both for your insights and stay tuned for the next episode of Talented. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.